0: Welcome back to Trials, Tribulations, and Uncomfortable Situations. I'm your host, Gabby Mare.
1: And I'm your other host, Savannah James. And welcome back to
0: Jonah Chapter 3.
1: Today we are continuing our series on Jonah. If you haven't listened to the last two episodes, please go on ahead and uh, do that uh, so that you can come back with the full context of what we're about to jump into. If you don't feel like listening to the last, Two episodes. That's chill too, I guess. You should read the first two chapters of Jonah. They're pretty short.
0: <laughs> they, yeah, this book is kind of short. Um, it's kind of hard to split them up into chapters, but I feel like yeah. it really forces us to.
1: I think it really yeah, deep to do dive a, into it. A, a deep dive.
0: <laughs> You're so funny.
1: <laughs> Not the finger guns. <laughs> if you, guys, it's really a problem. I can't stop finger gunning, but if you um, are. <laughs> If you don't get why deep dive is funny, you have not read the first two chapters. And you should yeah. pause right now, open your Bible, get a highlighter or something, and read them. And then unpause. Okay, you're back. Cool. So Ooh, yeah,
0: you're back. You so <laughs> let's dive into Jonah chapter 3. Take it away, Seth.
1: <laughs> the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message I tell you. Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Finally. Now Nineveh (laughs) was an extremely great city, a three-day walk. Jonah set out on the first day of his walk in the city and proclaimed, In forty days Nineveh will be demolished. The people of Nineveh believed in God. They proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Then he issued a decree in Nineveh. By order of the king and his nobles, no person or animal, herd or flock is to taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink water. Furthermore, both people and animals must be covered with sackcloth and everyone must call out earnestly to God. Each must turn from his evil ways and his wrongdoing. Who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. God saw their actions that they had turned from their evil ways. So God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with and he did not do it. And that is the whole chapter.
0: Wow. That was, that's a lot in such a short amount of sentences.
1: Yeah. And it's so, it hurts me to not continue to chapter four because chapter four is where it gets real (laughs) juicy.
0: Yeah, so um let's deep dive into chapter 3. So, first thing that I noticed God was like, "Get up."
1: Oh, <laughs> God, boy, little boy, <laughs> if you think you're gonna run from me again, <laughs> there is not gonna be a big fish to swallow you this time. There is not. That's so so- A lot of times, that's how I picture God talking to me. (laughs) When I'm I'm clearly doing something or not doing something that he's telling me to do. I always picture him saying, lick a girl. (laughs) No, literally. He literally.
0: Guys, it's literally written in the Bible. Get up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, honestly, yeah. Because... Jonah, who are you, dog, to be running away after all of this? Which, to be fair, it says Jonah got up and did exactly as the Lord commanded.
0: After after all of the fussing and fighting, like hey. guys. But um, I literally just saw on Pinterest that says God doesn't call the prepared; He prepares the called. Ooh, love it. Which guys? think about it if or i'm giving a little spoiler to chapter one and chapter two if you haven't listened go and listen to it right now but he literally called jonah and jonah was like "Mm -mm, not doing it sorry yeah (laughs) like literally ran from god's calling and so literally it literally ran like literally went on a boat and sailed to the middle of the ocean and in this you know he God kind of made her seas rough and causing all of this cor- commotion to get Jonah's attention and put him mm-hmm. in an uncomfortable place. But that was preparation for what he was about to do because well, God doesn't do anything for no reason. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely. So something that's interesting I haven't thought about till now is you're just saying, you know, he prepares the called. He's called Jonah and, um, and, I feel Jonah may have been even more prepared and better equipped in his um, message to Nineveh having gone through that experience with running. Because after he ran, God is like, hey, no run from me, right? He <laughs> runs. And then he can see firsthand. God says he can send disaster. He can. The sea would not come until he literally. was turned up. Like, he experienced firsthand God's wrath. And at the same time, his grace and mercy. So he is so ably equipped after going through this calamity to then talk to the people of Deneva.
0: It also reminds me of my favorite verse, guys. Come on now, Romans? If this is ever Romans 5.
1: Oh my god, Romans 5,
0: verse 3 to 5. I was not (laughs) expecting this at all. Okay, but it literally, the verse talks about, you know, we go through these afflictions Mm -hmm. to get endurance and then the endurance provides proven character and then this provides that so nothing is in vain like literally Jonah was even better equipped as you said to prophesy to this terrible
1: city (laughs) wicked okay so you want to hear about their wickedness let me read a little bit from this commentary Nineveh was the worst A chief city in the already brutal and wicked Assyrian Empire, Nineveh removed the noses and ears of their prisoners to mark and maim them for life.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) What?
1: and ears, girl. I did read this before we started. It's
0: giving, (laughs) it's giving, you know Voldemort where he has like no nose?
1: Yeah. Like most other Mesopotamian civilizations, their culture was immoral and generally terrifying. Temple prostitution, child sacrifice, and infanticide. I love my ears and nose, so I understand why Jonah didn't want to go. So, yeah. Clearly, when he says in 40 days God will send calamity to hit this city, he's not kidding. (laughs)
0: Literally. Count it down. But, like, I think that it also shows that they know exactly what they're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. From
0: Jonah went and was like, "Yo, things are gonna go on in forty days." They literally immediately started tearing down everything. They've removed yeah. their clothing and put into sackcloth. Mm-hmm. They've humbled themselves to the lowest level,
1: mm-hmm. in so that the king. Including Which the king. Big deal because in these civilizations, the king himself was held to almost this godlike status. Yeah. Um, this is showing me two things. One is kind of beautiful, right? Which is, even the worst people are capable of redemption. Mm-hmm. But also, it one is kind of frustrating, because like I mentioned last week, Jonah doesn't want to go here. These people are terrible. They're killing children. They're um, cutting off people' ear, nose, hand, face, whatever, <laughs> and God says, "Hey, what you're doing is terrible, and I'm gonna send calamity." And they can just repent, like it's that easy. Not to say that this is easy work or that they weren't, you know, really um grieving or har- or softening mm-hmm. their hearts. But the thought of that, as humans who crave a- an an immediate justice, we don't um we don't like that. And I think that reveals our own um, sinfulness and our own brokenness. Mm -hmm. But also, it should reveal to us even more God's grace in that he doesn't need that graphic justice. His grace and his mercy are enough to cover these sins even when we feel they shouldn't be.
0: Right. I also, like, I low-key think that it frustrated Jonah. Uh Uh-huh. Like thinking about it because from the get-go Jonah never want Jonah never want them like he wanted the wrath to come he was like these people deserve it but it also shows like what a loving God we serve yeah because they were saved from this wrath from this demolish from them becoming demolished by them literally humbling themselves and repenting.
1: Yeah. And um something that I hear a lot with some Christians which is so incredibly frustrating to me is you know oh let's just just do it ask for forgiveness later God'll forgive you you might as well no. get your sin whatever. These people aren't aren't even sure God is going to relent. God has no reason to relent. He's not exactly. indebted to anybody. He doesn't owe them anything. He could well and say, Nope, I said in 40 days calamity is gonna hit you, and it's gonna hit you in 40 days. But these people are even humbling themselves to say, we're gonna do all of this. And it's literally from the Bible. It says, who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his burning angle so that we burning anger so that we will not perish. It shows a short sure thing for them.
0: Yeah, it but and I think one of the reasons why God turned from the disaster was because they ra- they showed the humility and their faithfulness mm-hmm. because as much as like honestly let's think about it in a uh, 21st century like some people are gonna be like we need proof we need mm-hmm. a literal statement signed and mm-hmm. sealed and delivered to our oh, doorstep <laughs> that this is gonna happen Like some people need physical proof that this is going to happen. And at the end of the day, no matter how much acts, no matter how much
1: signs
0: and wonders, wonders, it's your faithfulness that depends on, I don't know what I was going to say, but at the end of the day, it just depends on your faithfulness. Because through their humility and faithfulness, And them humbling themselves to the point where they literally did not eat or drink and did not wear their own clothing. Guys, let's be real. Let's be real. Wear their own clothing.
1: Yeah. And also something is that you can tell by knowing who these people were that this was not their works. Nothing could have redeemed them from what they had done. exactly god's goodness and god's faithfulness are what showed shown through god is the one who was able to to redeem that they their fasting and praying and mourning didn't make up for the lives they had taken didn't make Mm -hmm. up for the, the the people they had scarred but god's love and god's faithfulness was able to cover that multitude of sins so um so it shows us that in our lives when we repent and make amends it's good it's important it's critical work but it isn't saving work what saves us is God's faithfulness
0: and I think that's so important for us as Christians to recognize where no matter how much we want to be able to you know turn non-Christians to God or turn like people that we love but aren't necessarily following down the right path Yes, we're vessels and yes, we carry, you know, and we have this authority to, you know, show and represent who God is. We aren't the ones that are doing the saving. Mm -hmm. We aren't the ones that are going to decide on judgment day who goes where. Yep. We aren't the ones that can give our experience. We can't give our experience that we've had with God to other people. That's their decision. Yeah. And that's why I think God is so cool because mm-hmm. where we have free will to ch- he loves us so much to the point where he's given us a choice to have our relationship with him or not.
1: Yeah. Speaking about that um, you know, sharing and and it makes me think of this verse in 1 Timothy 1 um verse 12 to 17. It says, "I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me" because he considered me faithful, appointing me to this ministry. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man, but I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So like in that with Paul, Jesus. make up I mean, our Jesus, friend Paul. Our friend Paul, first of all. But. <laughs> God in redeeming Nineveh this worst city of cities terrible place is is able to demonstrate his grace and mercy and power because because they were so bad you know mm-hmm. like if Nineveh was kind of kind of okay and then God saved them it would be like okay well they weren't doing anything anyway but using this terrible um city this great power for evil and whatever and still being able to redeem them, God was able to demonstrate even more his power.
0: And I think that it's just an encouragement to everybody that the cross and the burdens we carry is never as heavy as the chains that we're freed from. Ooh! (laughs) Yeah, that's that's definitely my encouragement to everybody that no matter how far you think you've gone, there's you can always turn to God.
1: Yeah. Deaf, deaf, deaf.
0: Speaking of turning. Let's turn it around. For to some praise reports. What do you see
1: praise report?
0: My praise report is just being able to you know talk to talk to God. Being able yeah to have our relationship with him and thanking for Resurrection Sunday because that was yesterday. Thanking God for Isto. Thanking God for sending his only begotten son to take away the sins of the world. So that's my praise report. What about yourself? Um,
1: I think my praise report is... uh, You know, I just had a good one. I just had a good one and it slipped <laughs> right away. Um, yeah, resurrection. I love. Um, I love the opportunity that Easter presents to to shine for Christ. I saw I was reading something and I haven't finished reading it, but I'm super excited. I'll share it on the on the Trials and Trips Instagram. If you're listening to this, I'll put it out um, Monday night. Um, it says, you know, more people Google Jesus at Easter than at Christmas. So it's clear that at Easter, people are curious, people are hungry for, for more of God. Mm-hmm. And um, so it presents such a beautiful opportunity for ministry. And I'm praying that in the next couple of days, maybe God will equip me to minister to somebody.
0: Yeah. But what are your prayers for us? Tell us in our DMs or email us at trialsenturepod at
1: gmail.com. So, Please, yeah. guys, we are itching to read that email. Make I write that email. Send it in from my personal account, No,
0: that's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> but we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye. Bye.